Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Emil, and you're listening to another episode of Emil in the Morning at Night, episode 32 with Mr. Sid Cardenas from Unlebox Studios. Okay, everyone, it's backlog month for me. Lots has happened since the last episode. There's been tons of games that I've been playing. There's Enter the Gungeon, Overwatch, the new Hearthstone expansion. Man, I really need to make another audio vlog episode just to talk about all of that. Anyways, I just got back to Manila the other week and we figured some temporary fixes for my laptop. It's responding somewhat better and I'm gonna squeeze all the life I can out of this thing. This month will be dedicated to finishing all my damn backlog. While my laptop is still kind of alive, I'ma churn out all the content I can. I've already backed up all my stuff and we plan on replacing the hard drive with a clean one. Man, I really want to talk about Overwatch super hard right now, but I'll leave that to one of my audio vlog episodes. For now, let's get to talking about this week's episode, yeah? This week, we get to talking to Mr. Sid Cardenas. Sid is a game designer from Unlebox Limited, a games company based here in the Philippines which has just released its pioneer game, Heroes Above, a real-time action strategy PvP game on iOS. I talked with Sid quite a while ago actually, really wish I could have released this episode sooner because I had a really great time with him. Sid and I ended up bonding over our mutual love over Xenogears. We also ended up talking about game design and the kind of limitations and challenges a designer faces when creating a game. And we talked about Square Enix a lot during this episode. Actually, talking doesn't quite capture it. Um, also, to my surprise, I also end up learning about basketball this episode. Weird. <laughs> Anyways, if you enjoy stuff like this, I'll be bringing you conversations about life and video games every week, so don't forget to subscribe if you can. But anyways, let's get down to this week's episode, yeah? Here's Emil in the Morning at Night, episode 32, with Mr. Sid Cardenas. Uh, could you say plosive? Plosive? Yeah. Plosive. Give some oomph. Oomph, pl- plosive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Plosive. Plosive. I think we're gonna need a windscreen. Thank you. Okay, so let's start, right? Sure. Game. Welcome to another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night, where I talk to interesting people over a cup of coffee at night. And tonight, joining us today is our friend over here, Mr. Sid Cardenas. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, hello. I'm a game designer here at uh, Unlebox Inc. And I've been in the game industry for almost five years. I've been working at Heroes Above, which is our pioneer game for Unlebox for over three years now. I'm looking at your profile right now, and Uh it says here that you like, of course, you like video games, you like basketball? Yeah, basketball. (laughs) Mecha? I feel like I'm reading your dating profile or something. Okay, you like Gundam (laughs) and Xenogears. Holy shit, that is one of my favorite games ever. Xenogears is probably at the top of my RPG list. It is my number one favorite game ever. Well played, sir. Well played. Okay, so before I get into a random tangent, about yeah. Xenogears. Let's try to like start this off proper, okay? okay? So, I actually met you guys during the Feedback February yep. event and yep. I got to try your game. The one you mentioned a while ago, Heroes Above. Mm-hmm. It was like an 
action strategy PvP game yeah. with a real-time battle system. Yeah. Like, there were these airships crashing into one another, yep. and, and you'd have to build up your party and fight and yeah. shit. Maybe tell the audience about, like, your game, your company. What is Unlybox? What is Heroes Above? Well, Unlybox is, uh, we're a game studio. Right now, we're based in Cubao, and we just basically want to make world-class games. We want to level up the standard of game development here in the Philippines. That's why we're sort of, even for our first game, we want to make a splash. We wanted to set a standard. When people say game dev in the Philippines, you automatically think, ah, Heroes Above. Oh, that's, that's what one you guys want. Yeah. That's your goal. I'm gonna have to agree with you there because like during the Feedback February event, I looked through all the games. I tried to try all of them out. And when I tried your game, your game seemed to have the, like the most polished. Like it really seemed like a complete game, if you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, since we've been actually working it for quite a few years now, I mean, when we look at some of the inspirations of Heroes Above, like for example, Clash of Clans, that's one. I mean, like when you first, listeners out there, like if you look at this game, it's one of the most apparent things that come out. Like, yeah. it really looks like it was inspired by Clash of Clans. Yeah, I mean, we wanted also to deviate in terms of gameplay mm -hmm. Clash of Clans, but we thought that the art style of Clash of Clans is something that can be appealing to a wide range of players. Mm -hmm. That's why we went with that art style. But when we look at the other games, Games internationally, we want to say that we can do that. Mm -hmm. We can do that here in the Philippines, and we want to be proud of that. Okay, I think we're like getting right into the deep end with like what you guys believe in, what you guys want to do. And so far, what I'm seeing is like a game company that really wants to set the standards here in the Philippines, huh? Yeah, although we're not saying that we are the standard <laughs> right now, but I mean, of course, we wanted, of course. To, we wanted to be something like that. Of course, I mean, like I just walked into your office here randomly. You guys were very welcoming, and you guys seemed like like, you know, a down-to-earth bunch and like <laughs> yeah. it really seems like you guys just really want to do some good work. Yeah, we there, just want know? to make good games basically. <laughs> I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why we haven't been so active with the community because we're just so focused at developing right now. So Really? You yeah. haven't been active with the community? But I saw you guys at Feedback Yeah, that, that was since we just released the game. I mean, before that, we were lying under the radar. <laughs> behind the oh uh, man, so like becoming so active. one of the first few of events of the IGDA that I went to, you guys were there. And oh, like okay. before, <laughs> before, before that, you guys I, were under the radar. Yeah, we weren't um, very active with the game dev community. Just like hard at work on your game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, so like now that we're talking about that kind of shit, we're getting really in depth with your like, with your beliefs, your vision, your mission, shit like that. I'd really like to get to know about Unlybox a bit more. I mean, like as a company, how did you guys start? When did you guys start? Like what got you guys together? Yeah, actually we're more of a group of friends we just wanted to make world-class games i think only box we started around three years ago when we started heroes above and maybe... oh so you guys have been developing heroes above for three years now yeah, yeah. oh okay yeah, like no wonder it's so polished 2013 uh -huh. yeah that's basically it i mean i'm not sure i can go into some of the uh, <laughs> of course of course of course specifics on that but basically we're just a company that we're trying to make a world-class game mm, i mean like it's not that like i want to delve into your personal lives or anything nothing like that I, like yeah. it's just something that makes me very curious sometimes you uh -huh. know because like I really love seeing companies like this I 
really love seeing groups of people band together for like a really common vision, a really common goal. So like, I'm just trying to imagine the circumstances that like mm -hmm. brought you guys together. Mm -hmm. Like all of you love games, all of you are into this, and like all of you just decided to work on Heroes Above, which to me is very, very admirable in my opinion. I mean, usually when game developers meet, yeah. we have a lot of ideas, we have a lot of things that we wish that we had. Oh, and exactly. it just so happened that we can do this here at Unlibox. So normally, for example, when for the company I've worked before, the games that we were making weren't original IP. Okay. I mean, okay. They were technically they were original, but the ideas weren't coming from the team itself. Ah. I mean, uh, let's say they want you to create this type of game, wherein you have let's say zombies or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the, the so team, they were working the general, for clients basically. Yeah, they were working for clients. But here we have a team that we talk, we communicate, and we discuss what do we think is the best game that we can release. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, that's a very different setup from, like, the usual yeah. thing here in the Philippines yeah. because, you know, like it or not, like, let's be very real here. The Philippines is a very large BPO country. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's a lot of our work is just outsourcing, yes. really. So, like, a lot of the time, a lot of these companies don't really have creative freedom. Yeah, yeah so exactly. that's the main difference when it yeah. comes to you guys, huh? Yes. Here okay. at Unlibox, we have that freedom. Oh, like, I really like that because, like, you know, not to say that BPOs are bad or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, like it's good for the economy. It's good for the economy and shit like that. And people get some practice in when yeah. it comes to developing. Yeah. Um, like it's really something different when you can, you know, get to work on a concept that you came up with and love. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, like, okay, we've been talking about Unlibox, we've been talking about Heroes Above and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like here on the show, here on the middle of the morning at night, like I really like to get to know my guests. And oh, sure. for some reason, like your company threw you at me. <laughs> like. <laughs> huh. Okay. They wanted me to talk to you. So like, okay. I'm very curious, like, I wonder why they threw you at me specifically. I mean, like, are you a big proponent when it comes to this project? What are well, you to Unlibox? Well, um, I'm actually one of the game designers that started working on Heroes Above. Okay. But right now, I'm the only game designer with uh, Heroes Above. And aside from that, that's probably because we had no other person to, <laughs> to offer <laughs> okay. to talk with you. Oh yeah, actually, I, I walked through the building a while ago and like everyone, like, more net cafe yung, <laughs> yung lobby in your promise. Yeah. Like there's computers everywhere. Everyone's just working on their stuff. You yeah, we're a net cafe busy. at night, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually, you guys are very busy. And like, I hope I'm not intruding too much with no, this it's interview. It's good part of the experience. <laughs> so I'm here right now here at Unlibox. Box. I'm invading another place. I'm really happy to get back to invading people's houses <laughs> and invading people's offices because I don't know. This is a very fun thing to me. Getting to know mm. people, getting to know what they're into. So let's get to know what you're into. Like, right now, you're a game designer. You work yeah. for Unlibox. You work on Heroes Above, this yeah. game that you guys all, like, believe in and love. But as a person, as Sid, what got you into game design? That's going to be a long story. That's okay. I'll, we have I'll all try the to, time. <laughs> I'll try to summarize it. But even before, I think I mentioned off the mic that I was a registered nurse. Oh, right. right. To, you mentioned that a while ago. Prior huh? to becoming a game designer. And even before I was a registered I was a gamer. I mean, probably everyone here loves games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And when I was working at UP Manila, that was when I started working as an e-health nurse. That was the term they actually had. E-health nurse? Yeah. What is um, that? That's basically... well. E 
e-health is something wherein you use information technology to support health. Okay. And you have electronic okay. medical records. You have apps and shit. Apps <laughs> specifically for health. And my first job there was become sort of somewhat of a designer to a certain extent huh. to design those apps or help make those apps in UP Manila. And one of the components we had for e-health was e-learning. So we had telemedicine mm-hmm. when you can talk with patients online, know their signs and symptoms, mm-hmm. etc. And there was also one where they were developing electronic medical records, for example. Okay. Wherein basically you jot down your medical history, etc. And doctors can look at it, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the third one was e-learning, wherein we wanted to make apps or videos or something like that that can help educate people about health Mm, mm, mm. and there was this one talk by Jane McGonigal I'm not sure if you're familiar with her no not at all Um, she also (laughs) has a book where um, I forgot the title but it's something like games can change the world uh, reality is broken how gamers can change the world or something like that Okay. and I was really inspired by her TED talk where she said that games is one of the best mediums to disseminate information or to help social change Mm. Impact something like um, Ryan and Tristan are doing right now with oh, animals, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But that is in the context of um, educating the people about the political system, okay. the, the election system here in the Philippines. But for you, it was health. For me, it was health actually. Uh-huh. And when I pitched it to UP Manila National Talent Center, that well, why don't we make games. games for health, something huh. like that? All right. Basically, yeah, they said, yeah, that's a good idea, but we don't have the. <laughs> there was a weird tinge in that voice. Yeah, yeah but spark that. <laughs> idea here <laughs> All right. something like that alright for our listeners like I, it may seem like I've gone quiet or anything but I'm just like really really enamored by your story I mean like it's a really interesting story like I don't think I've ever heard like I don't think I've ever met anyone <laughs> who was a registered nurse and is now a game designer yeah they, they call me now game designers something, <laughs> <laughs> something like that that's a, that's a lame joke but game designers that's patented oh patented. shit <laughs> copyright don't steal OC okay so <laughs> anyway e-health huh yeah so just looking at that that's like a very interesting venn diagram of your interests i mean like because like you're into games you're into game design and you're a registered nurse yeah, you're into so health try to mold them together so like sobrang sakto yung like the thing you were doing while you were doing health stuff yeah e-health yeah from so it that kind of makes sense at that point where you know, we can make games for health and i was in a position to sort of spearhead that mm-hmm. and there's actually a lot of uh, games for health happening outside the country but mm-hmm. here in the Philippines there's not much so given back to the story we're in we didn't have budget for it exactly I I enrolled myself to UPITTC IT training center okay. that's in UP Diliman okay and there was a course on unity mm-hmm. so I enrolled there and it was every Sunday I think for two months probably yeah two months every Sunday and Saturday and that's where I actually learned Unity the game engine that most indie developers use right now and I mentioned also a while back that I started five years ago in the game industry Mm -hmm. and me and Carlo were sort of started at the same time oh Mr. Carlo Mr. Carlo Nicodine yeah because Mm -hmm. one of my office mates friends was from Philippine Science High School okay he was teaching game dev there so when I met with him sort of trying to get to know more of the game industry here his name was Francis Serenia 
I think he was the IGDA chair prior to Carlo. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned, oh, you know, there's uh, an organization here called IGDA Manila. Why don't you join? So when I joined in the Facebook group, there was a competition when they wanted to make a game about Rizal. Rizal, huh? So okay. I just finished the short course there at Unity and UPITDC when I saw that. So I said to myself, why not? Let's give it a try. So okay. I made the sort of a card game wherein the characters were from El Filibusterismo and Noli Metangere. Okay. So you have uh, Simon or uh, Maria Clara and Padre Damaso. Uh-huh. Each of them had their um, rating system, morale system wherein it would either be sort of neutral, there would be good okay. or bad or something like that. And it was a card game um, in the Unity game engine. And that was what I presented. First time I, I went to IGDA. That was five years ago. And actually, Carlo also presented something he made wherein I think it was Rizal as a sort of a detective. It was <laughs> a fictional sort of steampunk. I'm not sure if it was steampunk. But basically, Rizal in a mode of Sherlock Holmes. Something oh, like that. And it was, it was a good game. And you know, this is really interesting to me because like just seeing the perspective of someone who's been around the community for a very long time because, you know, like I always mention on the podcast, I'm very new to this community. I'm very uh, new to the IGDA. Yeah. And like, it's super interesting hearing stories about Carlo. I mean, <laughs> and, and stories about yourself, of course, because like, I just had him on the show like, what, three episodes, yeah. four episodes ago? And like, just hearing these other stories about him creating a game about Rizal and you creating a card game about Rizal, like, yeah. that's super interesting to me. That's part of history now. <laughs> and I'm really happy for him. I mean, you see where he has progress mm-hmm. five years after he's really we, pushing for that IGDA yeah. thing yeah. like he's really pushing to get the community together to yeah. do something great yeah I'm really you know? proud Okay. Oh man, if you're listening, Carlo, you know, Sid really likes your work. Okay, okay, so we've talked about the IGDA so far. We've talked about your game. We've talked about your past as a nurse and now your present as a game design nurse. (laughs) Right, right, right? Okay, besides that though, you're a game designer now and shit like that, right? Yeah. But like, before all that, like, were games always a thing for you? Were games like something you grew up loving? Yeah. Were games like an important part of your life? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think probably when I was just three years old or four years old, I was already immersed with video games. Holy crap, three? Yeah, I, I <laughs> all mean, right, all right. It, was, it was more or less one of the pastimes we had when we were young. I think one of the earliest games that I played was probably Load Runner. Oh my god, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. Uh, I wait. really love Load Runner. <laughs> I, let me, I'm not sure if that's Load Runner, wherein you sort of burn the, burn the, ground. the, the, the ground. And then you and, sink these red yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's and then you collect and you can, the gold. Yeah, and you also Go make your own levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it, that's it, yes, yes. Oh man, I'm freaking out right now because that was one of my childhood games too. Like, I grew up playing that and like, I would make my own stupid yeah. impossible levels yeah. and shit <laughs> yeah. like that. Along with that, you had Lemmings. Are you familiar with Lemmings? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the little guys who control. And then follow and the leader and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I think the, the games before was in a five and one fourth floppy disk. Oh, now, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure how long, how, how young I was back then, probably three or four years old, but very clear on my mind where I was just playing in the computer mm-hmm. and that was where it began I guess oh, I mean, man like I'm really relating to you hard right now because I started with yeah. games like that too I mean it took me a while to get my first console it took me a while to yeah like... me too actually my first console was a PlayStation really oh, yeah man. I mean before the PlayStation we had let's say Game Boy but when people say that oh, you don't have a family console 
Oh man. You're not a gamer. <laughs> oh, come on. Like, oh, oh man. Okay, I'm just telling you right now, <laughs> I, I did not have a family computer as well. I did not have a Super Nintendo. Welcome to the I, club. I, man. on the other hand, had a Genesis. So, oh, that, like, that was that's good too. Cool. Yeah. But, like, all of the cool games were on the. Yeah. yeah. But, but I grew up with Sonic and shit, so that was mm -hmm. fun and shit. You know, back when Sonic was good. <laughs> well, anyways, what do you call it? so you started with PS One and shit like that, yeah. right? So, what were your big games there? Like, what are the games that really made an impact on you? The first time I watched PlayStation was when my cousin played Crash Bandicoot. Huh? That was when I said, "Mom, can you please, <laughs> can we please have a PlayStation?" Oh man! So Crash Bandicoot, that's one. Zero okay. Gears, I mentioned a while oh, ago. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the first time I played it, I didn't understand it that much. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, the yeah. second time I played it, oh my god, this changed my life. Dude, like Xenogears like, was a very heavy game for a yeah. child. Like, yeah, I mean, how old were you when you played that dude, game? Dude, I don't know. I I remember when I was a, like, a really like small babby kid, like I played Xenogears and like I couldn't get past Ramses. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't get past Ramses yeah, yeah. for the sheer fact that my little baby brain could not figure out that I shouldn't attack him during his mirror stance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like after like a few years, I went back to it and like it became my most favorite game ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I really enjoyed the story. I mean, its connections with the Bible and shit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it like it opened my mind. I mean, me too. Me too. As like, a kid, I mean, a lot of my. Like, I'm not sure if it's something that a kid should know at that point. But, yeah, exactly, oh exactly. It was very heavy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Are you into like the other like JRPGs, Final Fantasy? Yeah, of like course, that? Final Fantasy. Probably I would rank seven as the best. <laughs> probably. Oh, the internet is gonna get mad yeah. at you. <laughs> probably. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I, followed by nine and eight. I love 7 too. It's one of my favorite games and like, you know, everyone, like all my friends, the internet, they slam me all the time about like, Cloud, ew, what a bad main <laughs> character, ew, Sephiroth, what a bad villain. Look at Kefka, look at that, that's a villain. No, like people... That's are, probably because I haven't played 6. Yeah, exactly. People that's, are, that's my problem. That's people my problem. are allowed to like what they like, but like anyways, you like all these JRPGs and shit like that. Actually, did you know that um, Xenogears was supposed to be a Final Fantasy? Really? Yeah. Really? Um, originally, Xenogears was written to be Final Fantasy VII. Oh. But it was rejected because of its heavy story, mm, yeah. religious overtones yeah, yeah. and shit like that. They rejected it mm. and they came up with other FF7 story instead mm -hmm. and I just see. relegated the Xenogears story to its own thing. It's just super interesting. Okay, like right now I'm just geeking out about Xenogears mm. and shit like that with you. I'm so, cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like besides all that though, like you grew up with Xenogears, you loved yeah. it. Like I have that in common with you. Like I'm feeling really good right now. <laughs> have you played Xenoblade Chronicles X? Oh man, my You need a Wii U. That's why I bought a Wii U. Yeah, exactly. I bought a Wii U for that. If you've listened to like almost any episode of the podcast, because I say this way too much. I just said it on the podcast I released this morning or something like that. Yeah. But like I do not have any of the recent consoles. Ah, okay. The last console I owned was a PS2, which is ridiculous for a guy who runs a video game podcast. <laughs> Super ridiculous. Need funds, man. <laughs> Sponsors. That 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 would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> like I would love to keep doing this, you know? Um so Xenoblade. I never got a chance to like play Xenoblade. I ended up playing Xenosaga. PS2, yeah. Yeah, it's like I really liked it, but like 
it didn't feel yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they had problems with IP or something I mean I think Namco it was made by a different company made by Namco yeah yeah it exactly wasn't Squaresoft anymore Squaresoft mm-hmm. was I mean we don't even have Squaresoft anymore yeah. it's Square Enix yeah. you know yeah. a lot of people tout that as the fall of Square <laughs> yeah we could actually talk about that later on. I mean I mean I have a lot of things to say I mean on the downfall <laughs> of Squaresoft god I have a lot of comments with that why not now I mean like cause yeah, like let's talk about it I mean think about it FF7 FF8, FF9, like FF10. FF10 was the last one under the Squaresoft yes. moniker. And then afterwards? What the hell? I think the last <laughs> good one was 12. And like, 12 was weird yeah, in itself, yeah. right? I mean, I liked it, but it was like, here's the thing with 12. It's different. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. But like after in that. In a good way though. Is it different in a good way? Yeah, 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 exactly. When you, when you, when you say Final Fantasy, you're looking for nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're looking for this, exactly. And I like, I understand the need to innovate and shit like yeah. that. But like, probably the only thing like I really love about FF12 was like the license board system. And right. probably the fact that it was set in Ivalice, which I really mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. But like everything after that, holy crap, 13? <laughs> you know, I recently played FF13 and I was just like, I've never touched the thing. Uh-huh. And I just got it on Steam and shit like that because okay. my friend gave it to me on like for Christmas. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot so I can have a proper opinion on this game. <laughs> People tell me it's horrible, but like I will give it the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. So I try it and I'm just like, okay, so you start on a train. It's a hallway. Okay, she's an ex-soldier. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's accompanied by a black guy with mm-hmm. guns. What is this? FF7? Holy <laughs> shit! Did they just fucking copy paste the whole archetype shit? Like I was super upset and I just put it down. I couldn't. I couldn't continue. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. Oh man. Okay, I think we're ragging on Square Enix a bit too much right now. I'm having a really good time right now. But we will be back after a few messages here on A Meal in the Morning at Night. Stay tuned. We will be back after a few messages. BRB. Say bye. Bye, guys. (laughs) BRB. You're listening to A Meal in the Morning at Night. Honestly, I don't have much to say here just yet. But if you have any ideas or if you would like me to talk about your stuff in this section, send us an email over at emilinthemorning at gmail.com. Now, I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. So let's get right back to it. Okay, perfect. So boy bands, huh? <laughs> like the fucking boy band in the car and everything like that. You know, I think it's based off Journey to the West or anything like that. Probably. Right? You yeah. think? You think? It's four people Some in a car. Yeah. Okay, like while the mic was off, we were shitting on Square Enix again. I'm sorry. But Can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Emil in the Morning at Night, where we talk to interesting people over a cup of coffee at night. We're back here with Sir Sid Cardenas from Unlibox Studios. Earlier, before the break, we talked about like Heroes Above, we talked about mm-hmm. Unli Studios, we talked about our mutual love for Xenogears and Load Runner, and we also talked about, you know, Oh, less talking, more like straight up like we, we shot on FF13 a whole <laughs> bunch, right? Um, and like even off mic, we were discussing about FF15 yeah. and how like how weird it was, the boy band thing. Like yeah. I'm hoping for good things when yeah. it comes to that. What do you yeah, think about I that? I mean, let's hope against hope that Square Enix finally realizes what the players want. I mean, well, I think they're going to release a remake of 7, so... Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping for that. Here's the catch though, episodic. What's your opinion on that? I think <laughs> there's pros and cons for that. I mean, the pro thing is that it's easier uh, for production. Yes, that's it's for easier sure. for them. Mm-hmm. They don't fuck things up, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has just turned into the shit on Square podcast. <laughs> 
Okay. And the con thing is that yeah, people will have to buy the other episodes. But I mean, Telltale Games does it. I yeah, mean, yeah, so yeah. I think they also did it with Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. I so, mean, like, I mean, it's good. Episodic games have been like quite the trend recently, yeah. and like you know, it's just super confusing for people to like in their head apply that concept to something as classic as FF7. You know, like where do you stop episode one? Where do you stop episode two? Yeah, I mean, two? it's probably the same as having three discs. Yeah, yeah Back yeah, in yeah, PlayStation, yeah. I mean, but you like, can't fit the entire. FF7 game in one Yeah, disc exactly. Something but like that. Episode 1, that's a gigantic amount for like disc 1, isn't it? Yeah. Oh man. I, oh, I'm sorry. I spilled the coffee. It's okay. <laughs> Let's clean that <laughs> I up spilled later. some coffee. I'll clean that up. By the way, thank you for offering me some coffee. Usually, I'm the one bringing coffee to guests, but you guys, like, when I arrive... <laughs> Compliments to Derek. Yeah, thank you, Derek. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined here by Derek. Donna's also here. She never speaks on the podcast, everyone. <laughs> um, thank you for the coffee. Like, I really enjoy having coffee in the podcast and like, you not a fan of coffee? Like I mean, I drink it when it's there, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Um, right now, I'm enjoying a nice hot cup of coffee, um, courtesy of Derek over here from Unlybox Studios. And uh, my guest over here, Sid, is enjoying a Sprite. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyways, a while ago, we were shitting on, uh, mm, talking about Square oh, yeah. Enix. Uh-huh. Actually, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was, you've seen the stuff on FF15 and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And you've seen the stuff about the new FF7 remake. Uh-huh. What do you think of their battle system? Personally, I would like to go back to the old days <laughs> where you have a turn-based ATB battle system is also good, but that's the thing. I mean, when you say Final Fantasy, it all boils down to who are they targeting right now? Are they new players that are not familiar with the old Final Fantasy games or those that want to bring back the memories? That's a very... The golden age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a very interesting way of thinking about it because I've never thought of it that way. Who are they targeting? Because, like, wouldn't it be fans of the series? Yeah, I mean, it's the same reason that they're releasing the old FF games in iOS. They're probably making a lot of money from that. But in my opinion, they should bring back the old battle system. Mm -hmm. FF7, FF8, FF6, I'm sure it was turn-based also. You know, I would be happy at the compromise of the Crisis Core battle system. I really like that. You try that? I hated the Crisis Core. Really? Okay, okay, okay. I mean, for one, you only control one character. Exactly, of course. I mean, where's the fun in having a party? I mean, I mean, for me, FF is synonymous with a party. I mean, yeah, I mean, the like, characters. It was the... all about managing your party. Yeah. <laughs> it was all about managing the materia. It was all about managing like who to bring and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, for me, F- uh, Crisis Core, where you only had Zack. I mean, it was fun. It was probably enjoyable for PSP, but it tend to get boring at times, especially when you can't really evade uh, the enemies that are coming. I mean, if you're going to do that, why not just have the old system? when an enemy randomly spawns and then the battle music cues. That's really interesting though that that point you make because like there's no surprise anymore. I mean uh-huh. you see the enemy right there and you're trying to evade it as much as you can. This is also happening in FF13 by the way. Really? <laughs> okay. I, mean, when, when, I didn't get that far. Yeah either. I mean <laughs> I put you see the, the enemy back you see the enemy there and, mm-hmm. and you try as much as possible to evade it because the game allows you to evade it. Exactly. But at the same time if you evade it you don't get any XP etc. So like you're talking about the enemy actually being seen on the yeah, overworld map, seen. like the Grandia-esque system. Of yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the old FF were in snap. You're in a snap. dungeon and then random battle. Random exactly. battle. There's a surprise there. I mean, 
you don't know what, what's going to happen. Is it a Marlboro? Is it a Thornberry? Is, uh-huh, uh-huh. is it something like, Ooh, that's that's something that I'm looking forward to. I remember accidentally bumping into the Thornberry King in the fucking yeah, yeah. crater and like water. shitting my pants. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like the point you brought up a while ago is a very interesting point because I guess for a game like Crisis Core, for me, it makes more sense to just control Zack because thematically, that yeah. would be correct. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, the, the setting, yeah. but when it comes to like a saga that is Final Fantasy, like an actual mainstay title of like yeah. the story of the journey of like a group of people yeah. it wouldn't make sense to control just one character yeah okay that's very interesting I mean like I've seen like the demo footage of like Final Fantasy and shit like that but like I just hope like they come out with like an 15. interesting uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah 15 and like the remake of 7 uh-huh. like I hope they just come out with like a really interesting compromise between mm-hmm. styles you know yeah. okay we have talked about Square for an inordinate amount of time <laughs> um, I would like to reel it back to like you guys actually we were talking about rpgs we were talking about stuff you love like inspirations and shit like that so with that in mind though heroes above we mentioned a while ago that it's very much inspired by like these tower defense games mm. or like even more specifically clash of clans yeah, like class versus zombies mm-hmm. besides those things like what brought you guys to this style of game um, one of the things that we wanted when we were developing heroes above was that we wanted to make a mid-core game or more specifically a game that we ourselves would play i mean i would consider myself before when i was younger i, I was a hardcore gamer mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean from our conversations i played xenogears i played dota i played uh, counter <laughs> yeah counter strike okay, i mean course. those were the good old days i mean right now i view myself more of as a mid-core gamer mm-hmm. wherein i play when i have the time it happens with age yeah it happens with <laughs> age i've also i played wow before now i'm, I'm not playing wow as Holy much shit. before yeah, yeah, yeah. I quit WoW too. Because it, it really takes up a lot of time. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a hardcore game. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we wanted to consider for our target demographic that most probably our target group, ourselves, we don't have that much time to play. And I think that was one of the reasons why COC, Plants vs. Zombies, or other casual slash midcore games are becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. It's a very compact experience. That yeah. You, like, I mean, you could just like play a few games. Yeah, play a few uh-huh. games. Like uh, Hearthstone as well. I mean... Oh, man. I fucking love Hearthstone. Oh, yeah. yeah Anyways, yeah. yeah. Before I go on another massive <laughs> tangent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Heroes Above, we wanted to create a mid-core gamer experience. For example, the battle will only last three minutes. But at the same time, the strategy is still there. We wanted to make sure that since our target players are probably familiar with strategy games, mm-hmm. we wanted to still have that strategy element. Okay, of And course. at the same time, have that mid-core type of game. Mm-hmm. And at the same time it's something unique mm-hmm. because that was one of the things that we wanted to consider when making a game because we didn't want to make a clone I mean actually could... um, one of the things I mentioned during feedback February when you guys showcased your game to me was that it was very interesting to me using the theme of airships you guys like yeah. showed off that the ships slowly yeah, ram yeah. into one another and to me that was just a very interesting dynamic yeah. that I haven't seen done yeah, before yeah. so like for me that's one of the unique parts yeah actually in game design you really have to consider the theme at the start of making the game because if the theme meshes well with the gameplay exactly. the aesthetics you have a good game right there my mm-hmm. friend and the reason why we wanted to sort of slowly 
build up the ships clashing, and that's our term actually for the we, we clash yeah, yeah, the ships. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's not necessarily related to clash of clans, but <laughs> it's to build the tension. Exactly, I mean, exactly. You that's know, fun. you know, shit is coming. I mean, you can see that the other player is summoning their units, their barbarians, their fire mages, and all. But when the ships slowly collide, I mean, you can prepare. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can strategize. Okay, I think I need to do more damage before the clash happens, or why not let's um, hasten the clash? There's mm -hmm. a ship skill where you can hasten the clash. Exactly. Like I think I said that during Feedback February that I really like that the time it takes for the ships to clash, like it's a really interesting organic way to allow the player some time for setup. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Because like a lot of things just say, oh, setup time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> setup time, 30 seconds. Yeah. Tas, parang, oh, okay. So, walang uh, atak <laughs> for 30 seconds. That's why they set up unit. Uh, okay, okay. Grace period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, sure, that could be a fine thing, but you guys just tying it into the theme of airships is a pretty big deal to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, okay, now that we're talking about Heroes Above again, like, we're yeah. getting pretty deep into it. Uh -huh. I've tried your game, like, once uh -huh. at Feedback February, and, like, I should really just download it on my iPad already so yeah, I can give it a proper right shot. it's available right now mm -hmm. the App Store. I will download it, like, right after this. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, like, I will try it out even more. But, like, you know, just to give my personal opinion, I think one of the things you guys should be banking on would be the PvP aspect of yeah, it all. Yeah. Because whenever I play a game, just to share, like, some personal insight, like, whenever I play a game, I really love PvP, right? Mm -hmm. I really love fighting against an actual player. I really love having to strategize against a mind of another gamer, mm -hmm. another like-minded individual, mm -hmm. and seeing what I can throw at him and mm -hmm. what he can throw at me. Yeah. That's the thing. Usually, when it comes to these mobile games, when yeah. it comes to these, like, PvP games, uh -huh. I know, like, me doing coat fingers, like, <laughs> on an audio format type of show isn't really great, but, like, PvP type yeah. games. Usually, they set you up against a ghost. Wherein the player isn't really online. Exactly, like exactly, exactly. I mean, like, do you guys know that franchise by Adult Swim, Monsters Ate My Condo? No, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, okay, too bad. But, like, they came up with this, like, new thing. And I think they were trying to capitalize on the whole uh -huh. card gaming thing. Uh -huh. And they came up with Monsters Ate My Metropolis, which mm -hmm. is, like, a card-based game using, you know, the IP they already had. Mm -hmm. But, like, it was so obvious that I was fighting against a ghost. Mm -hmm. Not really an actual player. because Live. You mean asynchronous. You're, you're playing with an asynchronous. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Like, I wasn't playing against a real person. And to me, that feeling, that feeling of actually playing against a real person, you know, despite the lag, because when you're fighting against a real person, you know, things like mm -hmm. lag is gonna happen. Mm. It's just so important to me that I feel like I'm fighting an actual person, mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, the minute I feel that I'm not fighting an actual person, I'm just like, this is... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What's your opinion on stuff like that? Well, I mean, part of it is um, constraints. Let me bounce that to you. And for years above, did you notice that the one you were playing with against was it a real person or was it a ghost? For me, that didn't really apply to Heroes uh -huh. Above because I saw your setup there. Instead of actually fighting them like in real time, you would set up your defense yeah, beforehand. Yeah. Uh, did we show that? I, I think we showed that. I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would set up your defense yeah. beforehand. So in my mind, it's a different story. Oh. For sure, for sure, for sure. In my opinion, for the ghost system, there are a lot of constraints with the bandwidth and with the network. Also, the number of players, actually. That's mm. one of the biggest constraints because if you're starting as a small game like we are now, I mean, you can't really have such a huge player base at the get-go. Basically, when you queue up for a match, you're not going to get anyone. Yes, that's that's <laughs> one of the problems. And I actually have an example game for you. Where okay. It's called Arena. 
Okay. And it was sort of a turn-based steampunk ship-on-ship chessboard battle. You were playing with a live person, but it was turn-based. So each match would probably be around 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You also summon um, characters and uh, basically it's like a tactics game. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's not as popular as some of the other games right now is because one, it had such a low player base. Yeah, that really that, that, matters. That's really significant, especially when you have a free-to-play game. The reason why it's free is to have a huge player base at the start. But the very moment that you lose the player base, that's going to be a problem. Another example would be Blade Symphony. I have that one. Wherein there's no community yeah, anymore. Yeah, there's I mean, no one. Exactly. So you can't play the game. I was pretty now. hype about that too. It was like, like yeah, I mean, actually looks, interesting sword fighting yeah, shit. It looked interesting. But at the same time, when I read reviews and say that the community is dead, it's the same thing as saying yeah. that the game is dead. So man, it's just a letdown. So that's one of the problems actually. I mean, one of the things when you're designing a game around PvP, yeah. or like, let's say, because I'm a big MMO player. I love MMOs and shit like that. And one of the pillars of that <laughs> is the community. Yeah. So you really have to design with the community yeah. in mind. Yes. So like things that'll keep them around, yeah. things that'll help them interact, things that will, you know, allow for this community to build with yeah. the game's mechanics and yeah. theming in mind. So like, I guess that's what we're trying to say here. When you're designing a game, you have to think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and really also important. design with limitations in mind. It's all good to design this, I have the best game idea. Yeah, you always get that from people. But designing with limitations in mind is a key component as well. I mm-hmm. mean, when you set limitations to your imagination, things become simpler and it becomes more tangible. That will be a challenge for the designer. Allowing yourself to have limitations will let you finish the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because Basically. like, like I've experienced that way too many times. Because like sometimes you just get so many ideas and yeah. you, you just never stop yeah, working yeah, on yeah. your thing. Like yeah. it's never finished. Yes. So I, I guess that's one of the things like game developers struggle with the limitations yeah. like what they can and cannot do okay so besides all of that like we've been talking for quite some time now yeah it has been a very enjoyable conversation so far we've talked about like your roots and shit we've talked about like the company we've talked about heroes above a bunch actually getting back to you though Sid oh. we talked about your childhood we talked about the, <laughs> the yeah. games you used to be into uh-huh. but a while ago you mentioned like you're more of a mid-core gamer now right, right? Now, yeah. so these days on your off time while you're not working while you're not uh-huh. doing anything like related to work or things like that what do you do what are you into Hmm. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Mostly, I only play two games at the moment. Okay. When I say play, I mean play with the sense that I'm really playing it and not trying to deconstruct it. Okay. Trying to analyze like it. Like just really enjoying it. Just really enjoying it, going into the flow of the game. One is Hearthstone. I love Hearthstone. Yeah. <laughs> and the other, you're probably going to be surprised about this, but this is very specific. NBA 2K12. What the fuck? <laughs> really? Yes. In the PlayStation 3. Okay, that's super like that's blowing my mind right now because like a while ago we were talking about Xenogears, Final Fantasy, Hearthstone, World yeah, of Warcraft, I'm, and then NBA 2K. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm an all-around gamer, I guess. What the hell, man? Oh, wait. Okay, I'm looking at your profile right now. Right, I mentioned basketball. this in the start. You're into basketball. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Okay, so I'm curious now. Why NBA? <laughs> well, aside from I love basketball. Is this NBA 2K16? What? 2K12. 2K12? 12. Specifically, yeah, huh? specifically 12. You seem very passionate about this. 2K12. Specifically, and I'll go to the reason why it's 2K12. Okay, okay. I bought 2K12 probably around. Ah, 2012, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Four years ago. <laughs> and 
the reason why I've been playing 2K12 for the past four years is because these NBA games they have sort of a campaign mode when you really play uh, as a general manager of a team and my team is Spurs okay okay uh, an NBA season comprises of around 82 games aside uh -huh. from the playoffs I'm not sure if you're a basketball fan or a, I'm or a, not too big into the okay. sports ball thing but okay, I, understand. Um, I think I understand it to a degree I'm um, basically I wanted to experience the fantasy of owning a basketball team okay um, like a lot of the time when I see shit like this like football managers yeah something like that okay I see the appeal in that okay explain more explain more yeah but, and at the same time I want to play each of the games where I could see the progress of the players that I've drafted and you also trade for players when you see those players progress year after year you sort of have a bond with them when I want to see this guy become better this is super interesting yeah and, and the reason why I've been playing 2k12 is because of that yeah why 2k12 specifically actually when you save a campaign in uh -huh. 2k12 you can't port it to the next um, the next iteration 2k13 uh -huh. 2K 14 you can't so the team that you have 2k12 oh. I've been playing that for four years now so basically you're just like this is my baby I can't leave yeah, it. yeah yeah I mean oh shit and at the same time when you play I mean it's probably because I'm a basketball fan as well when you play the game itself you really feel like you're in the game in the flow I mean I'm not sure if you're familiar with Chick Sent Mihai. he's no. a psychologist where the main thing that he pioneered was the concept of flow okay where if you're in a state of flow it's like you're in the best state of mind if you're okay. in a state of flow where let's say you have a graph here where the X coordinate you have challenge and the Y coordinate is your skill so if your challenge is so hard compared to your skill I mean you have a low skill level but you have a difficult challenge that's not optimal I mean for, exactly. let's say for a game uh -huh. I mean, you're not at the state of enjoyment and at the same time if you have such a high skill but very low challenge low it, difficulty it's no fun either it's boredom shit yeah yeah, yeah exactly so, the reason why I've been playing NBA 2K12 for the past four years is because for some reason, it is optimal for my level of skill and the game's challenge. Ah. And that allows me to just play the game, immerse myself in that. And probably other players have that game. I mean, that game wherein... They can't leave 2K12, They basically. can't leave. Because yeah, you so. can't carry over your dudes. You've been with them for four years. How, yeah. how can I leave them yeah, now? They're four years old, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, you are a very interesting person in my opinion because like... It's very rare for me to find someone who is both into like the Xenogears shit and the NBA 2K shit, you know? Yeah, I'm sort of like a joker in a pack of cards. Uh, uh, what, what is the term? A jack uh, of all trades. Yeah, <laughs> the jack of all trades. Sorry about that. A joker in a pack of cards. I'm gonna like write that one down. That's from that's from one book I read. But like besides yeah. that though, I think the appeal, just to explain it to our listeners who might be having a tough time understanding the appeal of NBA 2K12, <laughs> just think of it like this. I mean like a while ago, you explained to me the reason why you were so against the battle system of like something like Crisis yeah. Core or the yeah. new Final Fantasies yeah. where you only control one character because you love the group dynamic. Yeah, and the team, the you, team. You yes. love managing the party, yeah, right? Yeah. So with NBA 2K12, like listeners, just think of it this way. Instead of swords and magic, you're managing uh, three-point averages and free throws. Am I saying Not this that right? Oh, okay. No, <laughs> 
I'm actually playing the game also. I mean, oh, the, okay. the, the game itself, I mean, when you control the players, you shoot the ball, you steal the ball. I'm something. trying to find a really good parallelism, but I just can't because yeah, I'm not familiar, you know? So what's a good comparison? Like, what are the stats that matter? For example, if in an RPG you have strength, what's the NBA 2K12 equivalent? Yeah, um, for example, if you have, let's say, uh, a sharpshooter, okay. an archer, okay. so the NBA equivalent of that would be a three-point shooter, a three-point specialist where he can shoot from way beyond the distance. That's one. Okay. What about a tank? Let's, let's say. say a tank, that would probably be the center where okay. you have the big guy and he's the one in charge of blocking the shots, getting the rebounds. Um, Assassin? Assassin would probably be a slasher type of player. Where, slasher? Uh, yeah, where <laughs> the player goes from sort of a speedy-like player where they can just avoid the, the defenses of the I did team. not. Ex Something like that. I, I mean, you can actually yeah. relate basketball with role-playing roles. Yeah, I, I did not expect to be learning about basketball today. This is super <laughs> fun to me. Like, just super ridiculous and fun. Okay, so now that I've learned more about basketball and now that I've learned more about, like, your love for like the group dynamic and like the management of teams. Since you're a designer for like here at Unlybox, you know, you obviously have a love for like managing teams yeah. and seeing the growth of a group of individuals. Yeah. How has that translated to your work on Heroes Above? Yeah, that, wow, that's a, I, I didn't expect that question. <laughs> Master but, of whoa, segues. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow now, that, now that you mentioned it, mm -hmm. it's a rewarding experience. I mean, I've been with these guys for over three years now and we've seen ourselves grow. I remember when we were starting with Heroes Above, I mean, Siempre, we were new to each other and we didn't know the strengths and weaknesses of each other and how to communicate properly as a team. Mm -hmm. And I think that is very important when making any game or anything actually, uh -huh. is that you have to know your teammates. Especially for me as a designer, I have to know how to communicate properly with the developers, the artists. And that is actually one of the reasons why as a designer, aside from you need to be really a good listener, you need to also communicate your ideas effectively mm -hmm. and know the strengths and weaknesses of your teammates. So with that in mind, you also have to know something about developing the game or the art aspect of the game or the user experience, the UI. So being a designer, you you actually have to know a lot of these things and communicate them. You know all of the jargons when you know how to say what you want, what you want the player to feel actually, since you're the representative of the target player of the game. Exactly. I mean, because like when you're creating a game, like one of my favorite examples, which was like popularized by YouTuber Ego Raptor was um, the game design of like Mega Man, Mega Man uh -huh, X, uh -huh. and how it explains its mechanics through the gameplay itself yeah, yeah. and like through the level design and shit yeah. like that. So that is basically UX. Like Mario also, Mario. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, like you can't get past the first screen without jumping over the Goomba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hence teaching you the jump mechanic. Yes. <clears throat> Sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So when it comes to designing a game, UX is very important. Yes, it's um, probably one of the priorities now. Mm -hmm. So how have you guys been handling it with like Heroes Above or like any other projects you guys might have? To be honest, we didn't focus much on the UX when we started with Heroes Above. Mm -hmm. That is why right now that is one of the things that we want to improve on. Because before we were just focusing on trying to make it work. Yeah, I mean <laughs> so, like I mean, that's the main thing, but, right? But for our next few games, we're actually integrating UX immediately. Mm, that's good. But right now I can't say much on what we are working on specifically, but we really want to make everything 
everything intuitive where it doesn't have to have a tutorial where everything is being pointed out to you yeah that's one thing we want to avoid for our next few games that can be a little bit off-putting to some of the more old school gamers you yeah, know yeah. like seeing a tutorial because like yeah. a lot of people are like uh, skip 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 yeah yeah and then, skip the shit and then later on they're like what the fuck do i do yeah i skipped yeah. everything yeah. holy shit i'm the dumbass you know <laughs> shit like that basically because like you know at the end of the day it's about making something that's consumer friendly yes, yes. something that can be yeah, very true. good for the people you're aiming at yeah okay so like was that a part of like the feedback you guys got from feedback february a part of but we already had assumptions that these are some of the things that we were lacking mm -hmm. but to get it from vanilla testers from those that saw the game for the first time that was reassuring and at the same time challenging for us because we know there's a problem <laughs> you yeah know, it, it's a good game but it also has its flaws so we have to work on those. It's challenging, but at the same time, it's also fun to see players actually play the game. So feedback February was really good for you yeah, guys? It was really like good. how was it? How was it? On a scale of one to ten, it was probably eight to nine. I mean the only concern was that there was too much happening, right? Oh yeah. And we yeah. had little time. Yeah, I mean, for sure. If we for had sure. more time, I mean that would have been better. I mean we started kinda of late, I think. <laughs> I agree, I agree, I super agree. Like I wish we just had more time to yeah, do everything we wanted all. to yeah, do. Yeah. There were a lot of games. I wasn't able to play every game actually. Mm -hmm. Actually. So now that we're talking about Feedback February and your experiences as a game designer there and my experiences as like, let's say, a consumer or media mm -hmm. there, I really like that the games industry here holds events like this. Because, yeah. you know, like I always say on this podcast, I'm relatively new to the games industry here in the Philippines and just seeing people trying to make an effort to actually bring together the community in order to build something greater, that's very important to me. And you were saying how helpful this event was to you guys. Yeah. So I really hope to be seeing you you guys at more of these events in the yeah, future. Yeah, we're you know? not busy. <laughs> yeah, we really hope to be, yeah, to be yeah. more active. But I mean, I really commend Carlo and the others, Terry, Cherry, and the other parts of the IGDA board right now because when we started five years ago, it wasn't as big as this. Mm -hmm. There were actually a lot of people then also, but it wasn't as big events such as these. Sometimes it would just be a few people, more or less the same people coming. Mm -hmm. But now you see a lot of students also, you see a lot of new faces every now and then. A lot of fresh faces yeah, yeah. out in these events. Uh -huh. So it's really good. I mean, I know it's a challenge for them as well because I, I haven't been able to to balance the, <laughs> that, that, have that type of balance. So I really commend them for doing a good job. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about Unlybox. We've talked about Heroes Above. We've talked about Xenogears. We've shat on Square Enix. We've <laughs> talked about all sorts of shit, man. Like, I really yeah. enjoyed our conversation and shit. Right? So do this more often, actually. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that's on episode two. Dude, <laughs> I would love to have you guys back on the oh, show yeah, like I would yeah. love to talk about your too, like man. future endeavors future projects sure. you know stuff like that I'd be super game for something like that also once I leave here I'm probably going to download Heroes Above on my <laughs> iPad right now and I will try it out and give you guys my feedback but like for our listeners out there what would you like to tell them about Heroes Above yeah guys if you're looking for a fresh strategy game for your iPad and very soon for your iPhone download Heroes Above I mean it's something very unique the core strategies still there. It's something you might be familiar with in terms of you summon uh, heroes. There are mana costs involved. You fight players that create good puzzles for you because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the, the enemy ship, basically a puzzle generated by, by, another, player. by another player. That's how it's set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they set up their defense and you're challenging to defeat you their defense. You have to figure out the weakness yeah, of their defense. Figure exactly. out the weakness with their units, with your team. You can mix and match with some of your heroes. We have a lot of heroes that actually evolve mm -hmm. and they have specific uh, functions later on on their character tree and 
for me, I've been playing it for a while, and to see it actually become this game, bias aside, I mean, when I see it, <laughs> of course, you guys developed wow, it. Wow, did we make this? What the <laughs> what? I mean, okay. it's always a good feeling seeing something you guys made, you know? Yeah. Seeing it finished, seeing it being used, yeah. it's a great feeling. So, when it comes to like the people out there, and like with Heroes Above, a while ago you mentioned like it's available on iOS, iPad for now, and iPhone later on. You guys plan on like an Android release, anything like that? Yeah, down the line for sure. But right now we're focusing on the iPhone release. Okay, that sounds awesome. Um, okay, I've had a wonderful time talking to you. And okay, like... can we also mention the our Facebook page, guys? Kindly like Heroes Above on Facebook. It's Facebook slash Heroes Above. And for our Twitter, it's Unlybox. Kindly look for us at Twitter. And for Instagram, I believe it's Unlybox as well. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Okay. So as far as things about our friends here at Unlybox are concerned, I will be linking all that stuff in the description of this episode so thank I, you, thank you. I hope you guys check out their stuff it's very cool it's very interesting and like support local I guess I mean because like just supporting the games industry here is very important to me right now every little bit helps guys um okay so I have had a wonderful time talking to you me Sid. too I hope this I can session. have you guys on the show again for your sure, future for sure. endeavors I mean like maybe heroes above again maybe another new project you guys have in the coming future yeah you know anything like our, within the year probably we have a new game releasing within the year hopefully or maybe I could just have you on the show and shit on Square Enix again. <laughs> that would be great. Or like maybe just talk about Xenogears a lot. <laughs> yeah, we can, all, we can talk a lot about different topics. Or actually. maybe you can teach me about basketball. <laughs> okay, anyways, let's wrap up. Thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. And if you're like me, thank you for starting your day with us this fine evening. And to the rest of you people out there, a good night. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank it was you. great, it was great. I had a blast and it's a wrap. Thank you, thank you for having awesome. And that's it for this week's episode, everyone. Time to work on more of my backlog episodes for this month. Next week, I have an episode coming out back from when I talked to Sir Jobert Yu from Garyeth Concepts. Looking forward to releasing that one soon. Let's get the usual ending stuff going, yeah? Follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash in the morning at night for announcements on when the next episode is coming out. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at at Emil Tang on Twitter. That's at E-M-I-L-E-T-A-N-G. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it over to emilinthemorning at gmail.com. Anyways, since we talked about Square and Final Fantasy so much this episode, I thought it would only be fitting to end this episode with a Final Fantasy song cover. So winding down the episode for us today will be Tetramino with Groove of a God from OC Remix. Once again, thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. And if you're like me, thank you for starting your day with us this fine evening. And to the rest of you people out there, a good night.